0: Hey girl, welcome to Christian Girls Pop. My name is Stephanie Bright and I'm the founder of this girls group as well as your host for the podcast. Around here we are all about purpose, obedience, and prayer. That's what makes us pop. You're guaranteed to laugh, cry, learn, grow, and most importantly become more like Jesus. We're going to rock this thing out and we're going to have fun doing it. You ready? Let's go. Hey girl, welcome back to another episode of Christian Girls Pop. We are in week 34 of our Bible reading plan and this week we're studying the topic of the God of the new. That's the God that we serve. He's the God of the new and I hope that this episode is just really encouraging for you if you feel like you've in a season where you've lost things, where Um, you have just been in a season of lack or without I just really want to just start off and encourage you by saying that God restores and he returns all that was lost and stolen and he redeems. And that's amazing news for us. That's just, that's the God that we serve and we can trust that over our lives. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week. Before we get into the teaching, a couple of announcements, make sure to sign up for Selah Retreat, our fall retreat. If you have not, the dates are October 14th through the 16th. I love to see you there. I can't wait for this one. It's going to be amazing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter so you can always keep up to date with what we got going on, including the events that we have, but also you get to know our latest YouTube video that drops, the latest merch discounts that we have so i want you to get in on it and don't miss out so make sure you sign up for that you can do that through our website on the home page and you can also purchase your ticket for the Law retreat on our website as well under the events tab or you can click the link in the podcast notes and, and it will take you right to the site also another announcement i will be in belize for a conference the first week of november which is Um, And you can find all that information under the events tab as well. But if you are in Belize, I'd love for you to come to the retreat and um, I'd love to meet you and just spend time in God's presence with you. I know that this will be a powerful time. This is a conference that happens every single year. This is the 22nd year of it happening and God has just done so much throughout the years and I know that this year won't be any different. So I'd love to see you there. More information is on our website. Before we get into this teaching, let's pray. God, I thank you that you are the God of the new. I thank you that you, you re- just return, you restore tenfold what was lost. And um, there are seasons of loss, there are seasons of things that are taken from us, but you always restore, you always redeem. So I thank you, God, for that. Lord, I know that we can continue to trust you, we can put our hope in you, and we can just trust that you will never fail. So thank you, Lord, for this time. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so for week 34, we're going to be going through days 233 through day 239. So starting with day 233, which is August 21st, the reading is just Psalm chapter 78. I think this is one of the first days where there's just one chapter. Granted, Psalm chapter 78 is a longer chapter, so it makes sense. But it's just one chapter that we're reading today. Psalm chapter 78 is all about God's faithfulness and the Israelites' rebellion. And so it's just going, going history of their journey with God and how they were continually unfaithful to him and but yet God was faithful and y'all if that's not us I don't know I don't know what is that's us we're unfaithful to God a lot of times yet he still shows up on our behalf and he is still so faithful despite our mess our ratchetness how we just we just be a hot mess sometimes but I'm so thankful for him And just one fun fact about Psalm chapter 78, it's written by Asaph, and he is author of various psalms. He didn't write as many as David, but he's the next author up as far as how many psalms he wrote, so that's just something to take note of. For day 234, which is August 22nd, we are starting a brand new book. We're going to be starting Ezra, and we're reading chapters 1 and 2, and then we're reading Psalm chapter 84 as well. So every time we start a new book, I always go through an introduction of the book. So let's talk about Ezra. So a couple things about Ezra. Ezra and Nehemiah, which is the following book, Ezra and Nehemiah were originally one volume or one book, but then they were separated later on in translations. And so this book is really going over what happens when the exiles return from Babylon to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. So let's go back a little bit. Remember in Second Chronicles at the very end in chapter 36, um, King Cyrus frees the exiles. So exiles are still the same Israelites from way, way, way back when they were captured for a while because of all of their infidelity and how they forsook God. God gave them over to Babylon and he's like look y'all y'all want to act like y'all know what to do it's kind of like when your mom is like oh you want to be grown I'll treat you like you are grown that's basically what happened God was like all right I'm gonna leave y'all be because y'all don't want to listen to me so he lets the Babylonians take them captive so at the end of second chronicles the king makes a decree or command to free them and they get to go back to Jerusalem which is where they came from Remember, Jerusalem is the capital of Judah, so that's all together. So now in Ezra, we're reading about what's happening as they go back from Babylon to Jerusalem. But they're not just going back to just hang out and be chill. They have to go back and rebuild the temple. And so we're going to read about how proper worship and the ceremonies associated with all of that were restored in Jerusalem once they got back there. And so it's going to talk about the exiles in groups. So they didn't all come at one time. They they came in several groups and Ezra talks about three of those groups. And so that's what we're going to be reading here in Ezra. Ezra was a very knowledgeable scribe. And so he has written this book called Ezra. So that gives you a little bit more context of what we got going on. So in Ezra chapter one, King Cyrus, um, he makes that declaration. So this was already written in second Chronicles chapter 36. It's just written again in Ezra chapter one to kind of catch you up and then just go from there. So Cyrus makes this declaration, King Cyrus, he makes this command that the Israelites can return to Jerusalem. And so they begin preparing to, to make their journey back. And then in chapter 2, we read of the documentation of the different exiles that did go back to Jerusalem. So it's like a census. It's keeping track of who decided to go back. And as always, I know y'all has a whole bunch of names. It's not a genealogy, but it's still a lot of names. And as always, my challenge remains the same. Make sure you read those names. They're very important. So we want to make sure that we're reading them. And then in Psalm chapter 84, it's the topic of... We read of the the theme of dwelling in the house of God, and that's very congruent because they're going back to the city that God prepared for them. And we already know, because of knowing the introduction to Ezra, they're going back to rebuild the temple, the house of God. So it's very congruent. It's talking about this passion for dwelling in the house of the Lord and how like you don't you shouldn't want to do anything else like just be in God's presence be in the house of God and as we go through Ezra and as we're reading about how they're restoring the worship and getting back right with God uh this psalm is a great starter for this book so that's what we have for day 234 for day 235 which is August 23rd the reading is Ezra chapter 3 4 and 5 and Haggai chapter 1 and 2 so We'll get to Haggai and I'll introduce that in a second, but let's go over Ezra first. So in Ezra chapter three, the exiles, remember the exiles, Israelites, same people, they call them exiles now because this kind of helps you understand the timeline of where they are. Granted, yes, these are quote unquote, still the people of Israel, still, still um the Israelites. But when you call them exiles, it's showing the timeline of where they are. For example, if I were to call um, um, someone who's married, if I call them a wife, Yes, they also are you know at one point they may become a mother too right like five maybe they start off as a wife and then three years later they become a mother it's the same person but there's different timelines of how things are going and this helps you keep track of where we are in their story so it's the same way the exiles these are still the same people that we already know that we've been rocking with for chapters and books after books but they're referred to as exiles now because they were brought into captivity and now they're allowed to go back to their country so in chapter three the exiles they are start abiding by the feasts. They start offering sacrifices. They really have a heart that's returning back to God and they lay the foundation of the temple. So this temple is beginning to be built. This is amazing. It's about time. They're getting back right. We know that they have been ratchet. They have been a hot mess out here. They have been so disobedient. And so now they're getting back right in right standing with God so that's chapter three in chapter four we got some drama they have some enemies that tried to stop the temple from being built these enemies start making false accusations against the exiles and basically trying to do everything they can to stop it and isn't that like some of us in our own lives like when we're trying to start living right for God when we're really trying to go after God and do what he's telling us to do there's always somebody that's trying to stop it always there's always somebody that's trying to get in the way trying to bring up your past trying to make up drama whatever whatever they want to do in order for you not to live out God's will. And that's just like Satan, man. He's always trying to stop God's plan from coming to pass. But if we can discern that it's Satan and if we can choose to believe the truth of God and not the enemy's lies, then we will continue to press forward despite the opposition that we have against us. So that's what happens in chapter four. And then in chapter five, the temple continues to be rebuilt. Now, when we're going to go over to Haggai, we're going to see how this ties in so perfectly. I would say this is one of the most congruent days, like the one of the most congruent uh, readings that we have in all of the plan altogether, because you'll see it in a second. Let me introduce Haggai. Haggai only has two chapters. It's a very quick, very short pa- um, book in the Bible but very important especially how it fits in with Ezra. So let's talk about Haggai. So so Haggai is the first of the prophets who actually spoke to the ex- exiles after they returned. So very key, very important to know and as you're reading through Ezra, you'll see that you'll see that there was a prophecy and now we're going to basically go more into depth. So in these two chapters Haggai delivers four different messages that he received from God that he prophesied to the exiles. And his ministry was in what he was saying was and his prophecies were very focused around urging God's people to be obedient and to rebuild the temple. It's very like y'all got to get it together. You need to rebuild this temple because they hadn't they were they got back to jerusalem but they weren't being obedient and and doing what god had commanded and so god sent haggai he also sent zechariah too but we're not focusing on zechariah just yet we're just doing haggai god was god used haggai to to bring this prophecy and to prov- promote revival among his people he's stirring them up getting them back on track and we need that every once in a while you know like we don't always do things right we get off track sometimes we need somebody to just come in and be like hey I need you to baby boo boo I need you to get it together and that's what Haggai does and so his first message because remember I said he gives four messages or four prophecies his first one is very like very it's real strong it's real challenging and the rest of them are encouraging so he like lays down the law and then he's like you can do it he's like get it together also you're doing great (laughs) so that's um what we're going to be reading here in Haggai so what happens um after Haggai's prophecies the work on the temple picks back up again and it's actually completed years later so if you look at chapter five of Ezra in verse one, it talks about how Haggai and Zechariah came and delivered prophecies. So they came and spoke to them. And so what we do now is like we're zooming in. So Hag, uh, so chapter five of Ezra tells us that Haggai and Zechariah come and deliver prophecies. And now when we go over to Haggai, when we zoom in, we're actually hearing exactly what Haggai said to the people, to the exiles. And I think that's just so cool. Like this is how congruent today's reading is. So in Haggai chapter one, he gives, like I said, that strong call, that strong challenge to rebuild the temple. And he's like, look, y'all need to be obedient. Y'all need to do what God is telling y'all to do and rebuild this temple. They were living in nice houses. They were living, quote unquote, their best life. But the temple of God was still a hot mess. All they had was the foundation. Like they weren't putting much effort into it. And he was letting them know, like, y'all better get this. Y'all better get your stuff together. Y'all better figure it out. Or God is not going to keep blessing you. Like God is about to take his hand off you, basically. Like if you don't go in and work on his temple. And so that prophecy got them going again. That that put a lie uh that, that lit a fire under them and they got back up and began rebuilding the temple again. And then in chapter two, he delivers the rest of those encouraging messages. He's letting them know, like, hey, God is gonna bless you. God sees your work, God is going to establish you, he's gonna keep his promises. And so the rest of those messages are very encouraging. It's it's talk he talks about how God's glory will fill the temple. God's going to just bless them. And so so it's encouraging for them as they continue to rebuild the temple and so so that's what we read in day 235 for day 236 which is August 24th the reading is Ezra chapter 6 7 and 8 and Psalm chapter 126 in Ezra chapter 6 king Cyrus's former decree is found which originally let them go and rebuild the temple Remember, we had those enemies that were trying to come in there and say like, oh, they shouldn't be doing this work. And like, this is going to mess up so much stuff. You shouldn't let them rebuild. Just trying to just trying to stop God's work. But they found this an original decree, like the original command to let them go and build this temple. And so because of that, the temple finishes being built and it's dedicated. It's about time. But the temple is finally built. So from the time that the temple was destroyed, before they went into captivity, all the way to the time that the rebuilding of the temple takes place, that was a total of 70 years, which is actually really cool. And if you want to get super deep, those 70 years is actually a fulfillment of Jeremiah's prophecy of how long the Israelites would be in captivity. And so we haven't got to Jeremiah just quite yet, but that's just something to keep in mind there. But yes, the temple is finally built. This is good news. In Ezra chapter seven, Ezra himself arrives in Jerusalem after the decree from King Artaxerxes and y'all took me I had to look that up to figure out how to pronounce that word (laughs) but he gets a decree he's allowed to go and he's actually going to bring some guys with him too and we really just see how much of a godly man Ezra is he's really after God's heart and his law and he's so reverent he has so much faith when he's praying and you can just see how much he really trusts and believe God. And I don't know his full story of just like how, you know, his, of, you know, things that he went through in order for him to just really trust God like that. But he really trusts God and it's so evident. So yeah, Ezra arrives in Jerusalem, and then in chapter eight we read of just some document. We read of some documentation of the group of exiles that arrived with Ezra in Jerusalem, and it talks about their journey. So remember, the exiles come over in groups. We already had one group come over and build the temple. Now Ezra brings some more people over. And then for Psalm chapter 126, it's very congruent once again with what we're reading. In Psalm chapter 126, it's reading about praising God for his good works. And we can see that's exactly what Ezra did in chapter 8. Ezra took time to praise God for how he helped them on their journey, how he protected them and watched out for them. And so that's very congruent. And I love that Psalm. Uh, I love the Psalms that just take time and just praise God for what he's done. And that's definitely something that we can do in our own lives, even if we're not seeing everything that we want or not getting all of our prayers answered, we can look back and see how God has been faithful and how he's answered prayers in the past. And we can use that and trust him for the future. So that's day 236. For day 237, which is August 25th, the reading is Ezra chapter 9 and 10 and Psalm chapter 32. And we will actually conclude Ezra's book today, Um, Because there's only 10 chapters. So in Ezra chapter 9, Ezra prays after being made aware of the intermarriage that's going on with the pagans. So he basically comes on the scene and he's starting to see how much of a mess things are. Remember, if you go all the way back to when we were going over all the laws in Deuteronomy, God strictly commanded them, specifically commanded them not to intermarry with those that they would go and live with in different countries. And it wasn't because he just didn't like the other people, but God wanted to keep his people holy he knew that the other people were worshiping false gods and just involved in all kinds of wickedness and witchcraft and all the things and he didn't want that for his people and so God God had commanded them to to only marry within um their people basically and not marry with the pagans and those that they would go and live with and they did not listen you know these people just crazy they didn't listen and so Ezra is like in shock. He's in grief about it. We see that in how he acts and how he responds. You can see that in chapter nine, verse three. And so Ezra's just like, what in the world? Like y'all are out here wilding out. Like what is going on? And so in Ezra chapter 10, Ezra is praying and and his prayers lead to the exiles making an oath to put away their foreign gods and uh, their foreign wives and their their families that they have basically made for themselves that God never asked them to do. And, And so Ezra is just such a man of God. He leads the people very well. His actions, his devotion, his heart for God, it shows and it's able to help lead others into the right path. And so for psalm chapter thirty two it's congruent with what we're reading in Ezra chapter nine and ten, and this prayer is a prayer of like confession, forgiveness, just being super honest and open. That's what we read in this psalm, and that's what Ezra's doing when he's fasting and mourning and praying, and he's just really in deep prayer and deep grief. That's very congruent with what we're reading here in. Uh, psalm chapter 32 and then as just acknowledging sin all of those characteristics are in today's reading moving on to day 238 which is august 26th we're starting another new book we're reading job and we'll be in job for a hot minute (laughs) job is not a short book so we're going to be in job chapter 1 2 and 3 and psalm chapter 15 and so if you'll notice we actually skipped over nehemiah and Esther, But we'll, we'll circle back around to those books. And so we're just following with the plan. So we're going to start off in Job. So let's give a little introduction on Job. So it's debated on who the author is. It's not officially confirmed. Um, the book of Job is the first of the poetry books in the Bible. So the books in the Bible are split up into different categories. And one of the categories or sections is poetry. And so Job is one of the first ones. In the poetry books, you have Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. These are your poetic books. And so this book is a a book that people will refer to when we're going over suffering and talking about suffering because this is the main book that, that talks about that. And so we read of the wisdom of God, his provision, how God is good even in trials, even in suffering, and how God uses trials to strengthen the faith of his children, to purify them, to prune them. And we also just see how even in all of this, God still had control over Satan, even in what he allowed for Job to endure, which is what we're about to read. But this allows us to feel better about trusting God because we know that he still has all power. So that's a little bit of introduction on Job. So, with Job chapter 1, Job gets tested by Satan and his children, his servants, and his livestock are all gone. So, if you've grown up in church, you've probably heard this account before, but we're obviously going to go more in detail as we go through all chapters of the book. But Job, my boy, is about to go through it. My boy, Job, mm, mm, mm. And we just really get to see what it looks like to... Endure suffering as a child of god Like he's not just a random person that's suffering like he the bible says right off the bat chapter one that he's a righteous man Like he's living for god like he's not He's not what his what people used to think that like you do good and you only have a good life You do bad you have a bad life you do bad things bad things happen to you like he's living for god He's doing what he's supposed to do But god allows him to be tested by satan and it just it my boy goes through it and it's interesting because the Bible says that God literally offered Job to Satan. I'm like, bruh, like, it's like, Satan comes up to him. He's like, have you thought about Job? Like Satan didn't even ask him like, hey, can I test Job? Because I mean, here's the cool thing is that like, God has to give Satan power to even allow anything to happen. And we won't go too deep down into that. But like Satan didn't even ask him. God was just like, hey, you want to, what about Job? You want to, you want to try him out? Like, what? (laughs) I'm like, Lord, please, no, please, no. (laughs) But that's what happens. Okay. And so Satan basically says, well, Job, the only reason that he trusts you and that he lives for you and that he blesses you and praises you is because he has all this stuff. So because of that, God was like, okay, bet, take all his stuff away. He's still going to bless me. And I'm like, wow, like, The fact that God already knew that is just mm, 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 mm. like, I feel sorry for Job, right? But it's also like, imagine God trusting you so much that he knows that he can take everything away and you'll still bless him and you'll still praise him. That's crazy that's just an amazing testimony so that's what happens in chapter one in chapter two job gets tested again now he gets boils like real bad sores all over his body and his wife is like job just curse god like get this over with like what in the world this is a hot mess but job's like no like i the god gives and god takes away it is what it is i'm still gonna praise my god like the the faith of this man is amazing but I love this part of Job. I went through a study of Job with someone I was discipling years ago, and we talked about this specific part of, this is my favorite part about Job. It's not that he just went through suffering. It's not that he, he blessed God while he was suffering. All of that is great. But for me, the thing that sticks out is the fact that like, we see the reality of what it looks like to suffer. Like, it's not just like Job didn't, like curse god and everything was amazing and he lived on happily ever after like no if anything he was just so real and this is we start seeing that in chapter three in chapter three god uh Job curses the day he was born he doesn't curse god let's clarify that he never curses god but he's like man i wish i was just never born like this is awful i've lost everything i got my skin is like super gross he talks about like how there's like worms crawling all over him and stuff Like, he is just nasty. Like, that's the best way to put it. He's nasty. He's heartbroken. He's grief. Like, he's just in a state of grief. He's just really struggling. And so now he's just like, God, like, why? Like, he doesn't curse God, but he's just really trying to figure out, like, what did I do? Like, (laughs) and I get it. But, like, that's my favorite part about this whole book is the fact that, we can be real with God. Like we don't have to act like we're we're not having a hard day or a hard time, and I love that about God. And as he is a friend that sticks closer than anyone else, we we can be real with him. We don't have to try and fake it. He already knows how we feel anyway. Like we don't have to put on a show like we may put on for other people. He really knows what's going on. And we can just be honest. And he's not offended by it. He's not concerned by it. Now, after a while, like, if we're just straight up doubt, like, questioning everything about him, like, he's gonna, he's gonna let us know what's up. But he's really present. He's really understanding. And he will understand, like, when you're, when you're just not feeling it. So that's um, Job chapter 1, 2, and 3. And then in Psalm chapter 15, it's talking about those who walk blamelessly and live righteously. Now, remember, that's so congruent with Job. Remember, 1, 1. Chapter 1, verse 1 of Job, it talks about how he walked blamelessly before the Lord. He lived a righteous life. And so this is like, this is what, he he should be living his best life. Now, he's not right now, but it's this, you see the congruency here. But we're going to go through the whole story and be able to see more of Job's story. And last but not least, for the final reading of the week, we have day 239, which is August 27th. And we're reading Job chapter 4, 5, and 6 and Psalm chapter 6 so in Job chapter 4 and 5 Eliphaz rebukes Job so Eliphaz is one of Job's friends he has three friends that we're going to read about and hear about their stories but today is all about Eliphaz so basically these friends come on the scene and they're trying to be good friends they really are Um, but they say some stuff that like, you know, like when somebody's crying or something, and you just like try to keep finding stuff to say. And some of the stuff you're like, mm, probably shouldn't have said that. That's basically what they're doing. But I don't know if they realize like, mm, probably shouldn't have said that. Like they just said some stuff that was like, okay, please stop talking. Basically, they have this mentality that if you're going through a hard time, it's because you sin. So they're like, what's wrong, Job? Like, what did you do? Like, why did you bring all this upon yourself? And Job's trying to tell them like, bro, I didn't do nothing. Like I, I was sitting here Living my best life and then everything happened right away. Like if we go back a day and read chapter one, two, and three, we read about how God uh all that stuff was taken away so quick, like right one after the other, his children, his livestock, the sores, everything, boom, 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 one after the other. And so Job is just really trying to process everything and now his friends are like basically trying to come for him a little bit. And so he's basically saying, like, there's a reason why you're going through this. And so Job responds back in chapter six, and he's just like, look, bro, like, please stop. Like, this is not it. Um, And so you can see the poetry all through the conversation that he has with his friends. And this goes on for chapters and chapters and chapters. You will see the poetic aspect of it that, that puts it into that poetry category. And um, Psalm chapter 6 is also part of today's reading, which is very congruent with what we're reading in Job psalm chapter 6 is a prayer of desperation and a plea for rescue like get me out of this obviously very congruent with where job is remember he just cursed the day he was born he's really struggling he's trying to figure everything out i mean like put yourself in his shoes like he went through it in every possible way and we get to see his example of just what it looks like to be real to be honest to still trust god and i don't want to spoil the ending but to have a good ending in the end. So that's all I'm going to say. You got to stay long and keep reading and figure out what happens at the end. <laughs> But that's what we have for week 34, and so now let's talk about this title, the God of the New. So going back to Ezra, remember God restored and He returned His people back to their their land, back to their city, and that was after being in captivity. We see once again right there that He's the God of the New. He returned them back; they were st- they were stolen basically from. Um, where they were living they were brought into captivity but God redeemed that time and he brought them back and they were able to re- restore the temple also part of the God of the new he brought them back to Jerusalem and they restored that temple and then with Job we don't see quite the the new part just yet I I know how the book ends and if you know how the book ends and how Job's story ends then you can kind of understand it as well but all through this keep that in mind as we're learning different things about God each week remember that God is a God of the new Uh, this isn't something that we're reading this week but Isaiah 43 19 behold I'm doing a new thing do you not perceive it God is saying I'm doing a new thing I will I'm bringing you into new I will make a way in the wilderness I will make rivers in the desert God is making new and we can be encouraged by that for our own lives God restores he returns All that was lost, all that was stolen, all that was broken. He redeems that and he turns it for good. And I'm so appreciative of that. There's actually a song called Ruins and it's led by L. Barnes. And I would recommend for y'all to check that out. It's a beautiful song and it talks about exactly this, God restoring and, and, and bringing things into the new. And I just want to encourage that for you in your own life, whatever that looks like. I want you to just know that God is with you, that he's for you, that he has not forgotten you or forsaken you. And he will return and restore all that was lost, all that was lacking, and he will do it double fold, tenfold he will bring back more than you ever realized was even lost so trust that trust that that's the god that you serve and and rock with that go with that cling to that hold on to that as your promise and and know that god will fulfill his word so that's it for this week's readings thanks so much for tuning into the podcast if you have not already make sure you follow us on facebook and instagram at christian girls pop you can find us on our website at christian girls pop.com and don't forget to check out our youtube channel by searching Christian Girls Pop. If you would like to donate to this ministry, you can donate on Venmo at Christian Girls Pop, on Cash App at dollar sign Christian Girls Pop, and on PayPal using the email address cgpopdonate at gmail.com. You also are able to donate through our website. At the top right corner, there is a tab to donate or make a pledge. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. And as always, remember, Jesus already loves you so much. Don't you ever forget that.